Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, it's an exciting day to be alive. It looks like we just may be the folk to see Jesus return. So it seems like every day, every week, something new is coming up on the world scene and in our nation. But you know what the good news is? God never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what God promised yesterday will hold true today and will be all right. It will be absolutely perfectly true tomorrow. So, you know, the good news is we're on the winning team. I hope you're doing well today. And I've been talking about health and healing over the past number of weeks, and it's going to take some time to work through this. So, um, um, excited about our subject, excited about the fact that. Jesus not only wants to save us from our sin and deliver us from eternal hell, but he also wants to heal us of sickness and disease while we're here before we enter eternity. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, healing belongs to us. I make this statement. I'm going to make this statement a lot as you listen to this series of podcasts. There will never be a time that you don't need faith for healing, either for yourself or for someone else. And that's the reason that we need to constantly feed our faith on God's Word. So I read the Word. I meditate on Scripture about divine healing on a regular basis. In fact, I woke up last night and uh, Isaiah 53, 3, 4, and 5, I was just ruminating that, bringing it back up and meditating on those Scripture. And I have a uh, quite a few of uh, of scripture, healing scripture in my in my personal repertoire of healing scriptures, and uh, you know, I often when I have idle mental time, or I wake up at night, or when I'm just doing something, I will take some time and meditate on divine healing. Because again, there'll never be a time that you don't need faith for healing, either for yourself or for someone else. So keep your faith stirred up. Having said that, there's some great resources. Um, um, about about divine healing. One that I uh, uh, found out about back in the 1970s, this book has been in print, um, man, for decades and decades and decades and decades now. Um, but it's a book entitled, it's a classic actually called Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. Uh, Mr. Bosworth had a tremendous healing ministry and uh, and he, he his book came, I think, out of uh, sermons he would preach on divine healing as he held healing meetings, and it's just a classic on divine healing. I have read it. In fact, I've worn the both the front cover and the back cover off on this book. I've had it in my library since the 1970s, and now I have it in digital form on my iPad, and you know, it's just a book that I constantly refer to. It's a classic on divine healing. Kenneth Hagin has lots of material on divine healing since he actually started his ministry after he was raised from a from a, a, a being totally paralyzed as a 16-year-old boy, raised by faith in God's Word. And, and so he taught a lot on divine healing. There's lots of great resources, but you have to look to find them these days. Nonetheless, divine healing is something we ought to feed on and meditate on on a regular basis. We have talked in the past few podcasts 
about healing coming two ways, through spiritual gifts by God's sovereignty and then healing coming by faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And so, you know, God wants us to be well. We don't have to wait on the sovereignty of God through spiritual gifts to be healed. We can be healed by faith in God's Word. So uh, we have also covered three reasons Christians are sick. Number one we mentioned was lack of faith, lack of knowledge. That is, they don't even know that healing is available. Secondly, weak faith. Um, that is, the force of sickness that has entrenched in their body is, is stronger than the faith that they have developed over a period of time. And that's the reason we need to continue to develop our faith. We talked about that in great detail. And then last time, we, the third reasons uh, that, if, that Christians are sick, if they are, is uh, because of disobedience. So we talked about those three. And today, I want to begin talking about how we can know that healing is always the will of God. You know, when I was a, I was raised in a denominational church. I went to church three times a week. My dad was a deacon in a Baptist church. My mother was a Sunday school teacher. But listen, and I heard a lot of people praying during the services, and we, I heard a lot of the Bible being preached and taught. But listen, I never knew as a child, and I attended all the way up until I really came to Jesus just before my 18th birthday, almost 18. I never knew that it was the perfect will of God for me to be healed. And so I never had faith in God for healing because faith begins where God's will is known. Now, that's something that we need to realize. Faith begins where God's will is known. If you don't know God's will, you can't have confidence to pray and know that God will answer your prayer, right? So, you know, as a child, listen, I heard over and over and over, we would have a Wednesday night, quote, prayer meeting and, you know, ask for prayer requests and we'd pray for brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so or this person, this relative of a person that attended church and such. And as people prayed, I heard them pray this over and over as they were praying for someone who was ill, someone who was sick. Uh, I heard it prayed over and over again, Lord, if it be your will. And so, you know, my little mind said, well, I mean, I guess if the person gets well, then, then it was the will of God. But if the person doesn't get well, then it wasn't the will of God. So, so the will of God is always subjective to each individual situation. And you know what that does? That puts all the responsibility on God. If they got healed, it was God's will. If they didn't get healed, then it wasn't his will. So see, each individual case has to, has to be figured out according to what God wants for that individual case. So in that environment, there is little faith, uh, little real faith for healing by the power of God. Now listen, listen. So again, so again, faith begins where the will of God is known. If I don't know it's God's will for me to have something, then how can I have faith for that? Because faith and God's will go hand in hand. So let me also mention this. The next point is this. Faith does not rest in God's ability alone. God may be able. In all my life, I've heard people say, I know he's, I know he's able. I know God is able. But see, faith doesn't come by knowing that God is able to heal you. You have to know that he wants to heal you now. And again, Matthew chapter 8 should settle this, this as to whether or not 
it's God's will for me to be healed. He may have the ability, but does he want to heal me now? So here Jesus, in, in the book of Matthew, he is, he is uh, teaching the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching to his disciples. And then Matthew 8, 1 says, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed immediately. His leprosy was cleansed. See, this leper had the problem that, that a lot of people have today. They know God can heal. He said, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can. But my issue is, I don't know if you want to or not. So again, you know, Jesus immediately put that to rest. He said, I am willing, be cleansed. So listen, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as it says in Hebrews 13, 8, then if Jesus' will was for this leper to be healed, then it is his will for everyone else to be healed. How do I know that? Romans 2.11 reveals that there is no respect of persons with God, or another translation says there is no partiality with God. What he wills for one, he wills for all. If he wants one person to be healed but not the other person to be healed, well, then he is a respecter of persons. He's showing favoritism and partiality, but there is none of that in the will of God. There's none of that in God's character. What he wants for one, he wants for all. Again, not everybody puts themselves in position to receive the perfect will of God, but it is laid out nonetheless. And, and again, I mention this scripture a lot, but Deuteronomy 30 says, choose you this day whom you'll serve, life or death, blessing or cursing. Choose life that you and your seed may live. So again, with the area, situation of divine healing, it is, and we're going to go through seven reasons and seven ways we know it's the will of God to heal us. But again, uh, uh, it's the will of God. But see, we've got to put ourselves in position to receive the best that God has for us. And you will, as we get into this, you'll see that's a, a bigger issue than we may realize. Let me say this again. Faith rests not on knowing God's, uh, not on God's ability alone, but on God's willingness. You may know God can heal, but if you don't know he's willing to heal you right now, then there's, there's, no, there's no foundation for faith to rest upon. Let's say a, a multi-billionaire uh, came into a large uh, room of people, and uh, maybe you're in that room, and let's say somebody like Donald Trump. He's a multi-billionaire, right? Or, uh, or you could uh, name a number of people that are well-known worldwide today who are, are billionaires. Um, and, and what if he came into a room full of people, and what if that billionaire said, you know, I can give every single one of you $100,000 today. Well, let me ask you a question. If he said that, okay, I can give every one of you $100,000 today. Just because he said that, that he could do it, would you be certain um, that he would give it to you? Well, no, he just said he could. He didn't say he would. He said he, he could. But see, the difference is, see, you don't have confidence that he that he would do it unless he said so. So he said, I can, that's his ability. But you want to know, will he do it? But if he said, and there's a big room full of people, if he said, said it this way, if he said, before the meeting is over, each one of you will receive a voucher 
for $100,000 from me, and here's how you cash it. And you're going to get it before you leave today. Well, would you have confidence that you would receive? Well, if he's an honest person and he follows through with his word, if you know his track record, then if he said that and he makes good his word, well, sure, you could say you have reasonable confidence that you would receive just exactly uh, what the man said. So how can we know in the same vein? How can we know it's God's will for us to be healed? Do we know by feelings? Or do we know by circumstances? Is it other people's opinions and what happens to them? Is that how we ascertain whether or not it's the will of God for us to be healed? No, no. How do we know that it's God's will to heal us? How do I know that it's God's will to heal me? We know God's will through his word. Whatever God has said is his will. My words are my will. Your words represent your will. God's word represents his will. Colossians 1, 9 through 11, New King James. For this reason we also, Paul said, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with a knowledge of his will there it is, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power for all patience and longsuffering with joy. That's a great prayer to pray, by the way, for fellow believers. So, so God's Word is His will. Paul prayed that the believers in Colossae would be filled with the knowledge of His will. How can I be filled with the knowledge of God's will, by, by being filled with the knowledge of God's word. So again, since, since believers should receive healing primarily by faith, we're going to go into some detail here and show how you can know from the word that it is the will of God for you to be healed. And then we'll examine what steps we can take to receive healing personally from the Lord. So let's get going. Seven reasons here. We'll begin today. We won't get done, but we'll start. Seven reasons we can know that healing is always God's will for the believer. Again, we're, this is baseline. Again, you've got to set yourself up to be in position to receive God's best. And of course, we'll take the ensuing weeks and weeks of podcasts talking about that. But fundamentally, how can we know it's the will of God for us to be healed, faith begins where the will of God is known. If you have an inkling of a doubt as to whether or not it's God's will to heal you now, well, we want to we want to get rid of the inkling, so to speak. We want to show you that we get rid of the doubt. It is the will of God. Number one, seven reasons you can know the healing is always God's will. Number one, because of perfect creation. Go back to Genesis 1. As you, excuse me, as you read Genesis 1, it was good. After, after every event, every day of creation, it repeats it over and over. And it says when God created this, when God created the, the heavenly bodies, when God created the firmament, when God created the plant life, the vegetable life, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of that day of creation, uh, it says, behold, it was good. So again, original creation, everything was perfect. We know it's the will of God to heal us again by looking back to this Genesis account and seeing that there was no sickness before the fall of man. Everything was good. In fact, at one point he said, it's very good. 
There was no sin. There was no sickness. There was no decay. There was no death. There was no defeat. There was no doubt. There was no dread. There was no failure. <laughs> Everything was perfect. <laughs> See, sickness did not appear in creation until after the fall of man, so that you could say that sin or the fall of man gave birth to sickness. So, since sickness came with the fall of man, with man's sin, and, and God's antidote for sin is the blood of Jesus, you could equally say that God's antidote for sickness is the blood of Jesus. Sin and sickness showed up at the same time. After the fall of man, prior to Adam and Eve's fall, Everything was perfect. God's antidote for sin is the blood of Jesus. God's antidote for sickness is likewise the blood of Jesus. Number two, God wants his will on earth to parallel what is in heaven. Remember Jesus prayed, Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, so here's the question. It's is there any sickness in heaven? Of course not. So if there's none there, God does not will it here on earth either. I love Deuteronomy eleven twenty one, that the days of your of your children, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which um, he swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. See, God wants his people to be blessed. How do we know it's the will of God to be healed? Number one, because of perfect creation. Number two, because God wants his will on earth to parallel what is in heaven. You know, I frequently pray in my, pray in my personal prayer life, just like Jesus did. I pattern some of my praying after Jesus. Lord, let your kingdom come. Then let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And see, he wants to make that personal. He wants us to let his will done, be done in us personally as it is in heaven. He wants heaven to come to us and us to exemplify heaven in the way we think, speak, behave, act, react, and treat other people, right? So again, God wants his will on earth to be parallel to uh, what is happening in heaven. Number three, third reason we can know the healing is always the will of God is because God never changes in his attitude towards us. If there's any change, it's in our behaviors and what we allow or disallow from the, from the overarching will of God. God never changes. His, he's, he's always the same. We're going to see that in just a minute, but if there's any change, it's on us, our part, not on his part. So again, he never changes because God never changes in his attitude towards us. Then see, healing is always his will. Again, we've got to put ourselves in position to receive that will. In Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, God said, I do not change. Again, Hebrews 13.8, as I've mentioned a couple of times, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I, I learned that scripture way back in the 1970s when I first came to the Lord. That's really comforting to me. You know, aren't you glad that, that God's not... He's not this, uh, this, this God that's full of avarice and, and has to be appeased and have to be satisfied and his anger has to be absolved um, and you never know what he's going to be like. You know, people that, that worship false gods, 
You know, and, and I've been to other, and I've been to India. They worship 300 million false gods. You know why they burn the incense? You know why? You know why these, these people in, in false religions, you know why they, why they worship the idol? It's, it's not because necessarily they, they love the idol. You know, they're afraid if they don't, then something bad is going to happen to them. Our God is not that way. He's the same. And then there, you know, you read you read uh, the history of cultures and such, and the various pagan gods they they worshipped. I mean, these gods were full of anger, full of self uh, absorption. Um, uh, oh my goodness! And and you never knew the person that was worshiping them. Never knew from one day to the next what they may or may not have done that that satisfied or didn't satisfy that particular quote-unquote God that they worshipped. And because those gods changed from day to day. Oh, my goodness. But you know what? Our God, the true God, the only one, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And this verse is really talking about the seasons of the year. You know, here we, and in North Carolina, we have four seasons. We've got, uh, right now, we're, we're, we're finishing up spring. We're going into summer. Then we're going to have fall, and then next comes winter. And so, you know, as the seasons change, um, you know, our, our world changes, but it's saying God's not like the seasons of the year. And, uh, you know, according to where the earth is can, in conjunction to the sun. No, 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 no. God never, ever changes. That's what that verse is saying. There's not a shadow of turning. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow, as New Living Translation says. Romans 2.11, I just mentioned it earlier. For God shows no partiality, Amplified New Testament says, no undue favor or unfairness. With him, watch this, with him, one man is not different from another. God has no pets and he has no favorite children. God has calls that he places on our lives, and all of us are different in that we have different personalities and different skills and different abilities that come from the hand of God. I'm not to look at my fellow believer, whoever they are, and say, well, I wish I was like them, or I wish I had the ministry that they had, or I wish I could do what they do. No, no, no. No, there's no unfairness or, or um. Uh, undue favor between with God between one person and another. He knows us, he understands us, and when he calls us and patterns our lives and writes the writes the days of our lives in his book, as it says in one thirty Psalm one thirty nine, you know, he already knows us. He knows he knows what he wants out of our lives and it's up to us to follow him. But you know what? In saying all of that, God shows no favoritism. He shows no partiality. What he wills for one, he wills for all, and his will for healing is the same for all of us. I really let me read it again, Amplified, Romans 2.11. God shows no partiality, undue favor, or unfairness. With him, one man is not different from another. J.B. Phillips' translation, Romans 2.11 says, For there is no preferential treatment with God. You say, well, but, but yeah, but, I, you know, God healed this other person. Why am I still dealing with this? Well, again, uh, we live in a fallen world. We'll get to some of that later. But, again, the, the overarching 
knowledge is that God shows no favoritism. He shows no preferential treatment to anyone. What he wills for one with respect to healing, he wills for all. See, the fall of man did not change God's love for us. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God never changes in his attitudes towards us uh, concerning his will to make us well. And and we need to do that. We need to understand that, and we need to know that. We'll come back next time with with, uh, reason number four. So these first three reasons we can know that it is God's will to heal us is because of perfect creation. Sickness never showed up until after the the, uh, intervention of sin into the human race. Um, in, in sinless perfection, there was no sickness. And so Jesus prayed, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So number two, God wants his will on earth to parallel what is in heaven. When God originally created the earth, there was no sin and sickness. It was a perfect creation. Sickness only came with the introduction of sin and disobedience. You know what? When we come back to Jesus, God wants to heal our bodies just like he wants to save us from our sins. Secondly, God's will, God wants us, uh, his will on earth to parallel his will in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Number three, God never changes in his attitude towards us. You know, I think about God never changing and you know, it, it just makes me love and adore him so much because regardless of whether or not I'm having, having a bad day or a good day where my emotions are off or my emotions are on, whether people are treating me the way I want to be treated or I feel like they may be treating me unfairly or, or life is difficult because this challenge has come up or that challenge has come up. One thing that really comforts me a lot is to know when I go to prayer, when I, when I get on my face and I say, God, I need to talk to you, He always has a welcoming attitude. He never changes his demeanor nor disposition for us. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. I'm the Lord. I do not change. So, you know, let these truths sink in. You know, if you're like me, I had a lot of sacred cows in my spiritual barn (laughs) because I had all of these these things that I went to church and learned that or, or assumed that really were not in Scripture. And I had to get rid of all those mooing cows in my head that told me it wasn't the will of God for me to be healed. Or look what happened to so-and-so. That may happen to you. I had to learn to look to God's Word and God's Word alone for what He wanted from me and what His will was for me. And, you know, so, so again, if you're raised in a denominational church or a church that doesn't preach and teach divine healing, boy, you really got to get your mind renewed to what God's Word says about divine healing for, for uh, your faith to be able to tap into what Jesus has already provided for you. We come back next time, and we'll continue this theme, Seven Reasons that we can know that God wants us well. Father, I I thank you. I pray for every person. May we all put ourselves in position to trust you, not just your ability, but help us to know that it is your will to heal us. Anytime a malady, a sickness, an illness tries to attach itself to us, help us to know that it's always the will of God for us to be well. In Jesus' name. Well, we'll take this up next time. I hope you have an amazing week, amazing day. God bless you. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.